Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I'm so glad to have a repeat performer on. I got to interview Keith Stanton early in the days of our podcast. And uh, Keith is a really good friend. And uh, we have just a great time every time we get together in person. I had the privilege of spending a few days at his house with him and Marjorie. And they're two low-key dogs, right? Is that how you describe them? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, not low-key at all, but lots of fun. And uh, so welcome, Keith Stanton. Thanks for coming back again. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So glad that you could be here. Keith and I are in touch every day or two or so and uh, are certainly kindred spirits and just wish we could be in more close proximity, but I'm grateful for the internet and social media. So Keith is one of the uh, leaders of this wonderful church in Clearwater, Florida called The Refuge. And The Refuge is a church that I had a privilege of speaking at and hanging out with the people one morning back in uh, January and got to spend some time with uh, some of the leaders there. And uh, w- with our new group, Oneness in Action, we're partnering with them. We're giving uh, some of the donations that will come into that group to help support the refuge. And I wanted you all to meet Keith and to hear about the church. So Keith, tell us how the refuge got started in the first place. It was four years ago, February. A friend of mine and his wife, he was the worship leader at the church we used to attend together. And he left that position, and then he called me up one day. He said, guess what? We just put a down payment on a vacant church building. Do you want to come help us plan it? So about 10 of us, and later a couple more came on board. So we all worked together as a team to get it going. A couple of those folks have moved on. So, yeah, in February, we celebrated four years. Um, and the vision was really to give the homeless in North Clearwater, the North Clearwater community, north of downtown Clearwater, a place of refuge, a place to get out of the weather, a place to be where they could just relax a little bit, a place where they could get something to eat, to get some spiritual nourishment as well, and mainly just to receive the love of Jesus and to feel God's love because we believe that it's his love that will help them progress further in their journey and help them get through the challenges they face. What a wonderful vision. And I can attest that you're certainly doing that. And and the love of Jesus was uh, not only evident in you guys, those of you who come together to lead the church, but in the people there too. I I mean, just what a a wonderful spirit and a wonderful time together. Now, you have church on Sunday morning, which I know, of course, and uh, sometimes you're able to post the or live stream that and then repost the videos of it. Tell us what else you do at the refuge. One thing that the refugees do, as we sometimes call them lovingly, first of all, they run the day-to-day operation of the church. Now that was part of the vision that it would become their church and they would run it. So they cook all the meals, they go pick up a lot of the food, they 
handle the donations when they come in of clothing and different things. So they do that. They also do a feed in what we call the cop lot, which is a big parking lot at the back of the police station in Clearwater. And each week there's a feed there. I think it's on Wednesday evenings. And one week a month, we take care of that. And they, they basically do the cooking and the serving of the food there. But the day-to-day, we provide uh, breakfast and lunch uh, every day except Saturday. That's the only day we're not open. We're open from 9 until 2 daily. We have a laundry day every week. We have a Bible study on Wednesday. And I was told there were 28 in attendance last week wow. uh, with a lot of fabulous input. We bring in different speakers to speak. We don't have the same person to speak week after week after week. We are open to any of them wanting to give testimony at the drop of a hat. We can be in the middle, just getting cranked up in a service somewhere in the middle. Somebody wants to give a testimony. We stop everything and we let them do it. And it's a little different than your typical church setting. You know, some of them are struggling when they come in there. Sometimes, you know, the order gets a little challenging, but never out of order completely, but they're free. We're all free to speak what's on our mind to worship God and, and give thanks to Jesus and pray for one another. We do um, praise reports before we start every service. We do prayer requests before we start every service. We talk about the successes of many people who've been reunited with their families and have gotten jobs and have gotten off the street. We have a lot of success stories with that. And it just continues to happen, you know, over and over again. And that's really a blessing when you see that and see someone get off of drugs and get off the alcohol, the addictions that are really hurting them. And they get back with their family. They get back in a support system. Uh, and it's just a wonderful thing. Well, it is indeed. I think I saw a post today that one of the folks there was going back to Minnesota to be with his 15 grandkids or something like that in the loop on what's going on with that one we had like so we have several people and everybody kind of has a niche and sometimes we're all involved and sometimes there's just a couple people involved mm-hmm. we have one lady who's been trying to get her immigration squared away and so there's a couple people working with her on that uh, and she just got her driver's license renewed so she she gave a praise report sunday on that she was very happy Wonderful, wonderful. And you've helped some people transition back into housing, but yet they still come to the church, right? Yes, yes. We have uh, several that are in some housing that are working. Some of them, you know, they uh, are receiving Social Security benefits or disability benefits or VA benefits. So they have some fixed income. And so they get approved for some lower income housing. And they actually, the folks at the church are people there actually did the remodeling of these duplexes. They, did, really? they gutted them, they put new flooring in them, they painted them, put new uh, cabinets in them and everything. Really? And they all applied. And they knew that not everybody would get a place, but they still, as a team, went over there and did all this work over several months. Really? It's pretty interesting. Over a year ago. Man, that is so wonderful. Wow. Well, I, I was uh, in the, the cafe uh, the Sunday morning that I was there, which is in, in one end of the uh, church. And where does the food come from for that? Oh, my gosh. It comes from so many different places. We get a bunch of stuff. We get a, a weekly uh, pickup from Panera Bread on Saturdays. We have some of the schools, uh, their cafeterias, what they don't utilize during the week. We 
pick that stuff up on Friday. And then there's a couple of food banks that provide food, and we pick those up a couple different times a week. Uh, Wawa's, uh, gas stations, uh, Publix, supermarkets, and a couple other places that I can't think of off the top of my head. Then sometimes trucks just back up and drop stuff off, and it's, it's to the point where we're actually – giving food to other food banks and other churches because we have so much coming in. We had a big giant Viking freezer donated a couple years ago. And just a few weeks ago, somebody came by and filled that thing up with me. We have enough meat to eat for a little bit. Really? (laughs) It just falls out of the stuff. And so the folks who are homeless who work there and operate the church and everything, they receive the food when it comes in, they unload it, they take care of it, and then fix it and serve it at breakfast and lunch each day? Yes, they do. They, they cook the food. Uh, they clean up afterwards. The church is completely cleaned every day, and a few of them stick around and do that. They mop the floors. They clean the bathrooms. They do all of that, take out the trash. They do all of that every day. People receive mail there because they don't have an address. So we have someone that kind of oversees the mail and sorts it out by name, and when they whenever someone shows up, hey, we've got some mail for you. So they get their mail. So that's pretty neat. Um, We also have uh, the first Sunday of every month, we celebrate everybody's birthday for the month. And so every month on Sunday after service, we have a a cookout. And we serve a lot of burgers and a lot of hot dogs. And a lot of the core members bring covered dishes and stuff. and, And we just all sit there and eat and fellowship. And it's a great day. That's every first Sunday of every month we do that. Wow. So I'm guessing that you probably know everybody who attends there by name and you know somewhat about their story, right? Most everyone. We have some that don't come all the time, but we do have, I'm going to say a group of about probably 30 that have been consistently coming for quite some time as far as the services go. Now, we probably have 80 to 100 people come through every day uh, during the Oh, week. really? And we, you know, we limit on laundry day because there's, you know, we have a set, that's a separate ministry we have. Uh, we also have, so we may have a dozen to 15 people do laundry. We also have a lady who brings a, a mobile shower unit that also has a washer and dryer. And she brings that every two, three, four weeks. Uh, maybe it's closer to four weeks. because She's going to a lot of different places and she'll park it on the property all day and they'll come and get showers and do their laundry. Uh, we have an optometrist that comes in once in a while and does eye exams and gives out reading glasses and things. We've had potential opportunities for dentists to do some free work. And recently, a friend of mine who's an attorney, he got approval through his law firm to do some pro bono work for us on occasion. And that just happened about a week and a half ago. (laughs) That is so wonderful. I'm getting Jesus bumps just hearing about it. And I already knew some of that stuff. Wow. You have sort of a school. Well, we have a ministry school. The ministry school I went to, outreach ministry school, it's called Higher Ground School of Ministry. And it's a located in Deland, Florida, and the official name is Higher Ground Ministries, and then they have Higher Ground School of Ministry. It's a pretty good curriculum, and it's here. It's not so much a, a seminary as it is training for people to become licensed ministers and sometimes ordained ministers in outreach training. So we teach people. We do some 
theological work in this school, but most of it is geared towards prison ministry, nursing home ministry, homeless ministry, foreign missions, children's ministry, things like that, to equip people uh, and better prepare them to actually put into practical application the ministry that we're called to do. You don't always get that in seminary. You get the the theological knowledge, you get the the knowledge of the scripture, how to interpret the scripture in seminary, but practical training is something that often lacks there. So it's really, that was the vision of the founder of that, Jim Brissy and his wife, Jean, and they've had that school going. I want to say it's got to be pushing close to 10 years now. So when I graduated, Jim asked me if I would uh, administer a satellite campus of that ministry school at the Refuge Church, and I agreed to do it. We had three of our folks graduate as licensed ministers last summer, and we're on our second round of the school now, and we just finished our 26th class of 67 classes last night. Wow. And you and some other people share the load of teaching that? Yes, I have Donna and Brandon both graduated. Sometimes they teach. Sometimes the founder comes and teaches. I have a couple other friends who graduated from the school and they'll come and fill in and teach as well. So we do share the load. I met Donna and Brandon and boy, wonderful people. Just wonderful people. What an exciting thing that you guys are doing. And now when you speak there, I don't know the other speakers. Of course, I know Steve McVeigh who spoke last week, but Keith, when you speak, What's the uh, overarching theme of your ministry? I, I mean, obviously, you teach something different each time, but what do you focus on, I will say, theologically? I'm trying to get you to say what you believe. <laughs> how, do you, how do you teach the folks about God? <laughs> okay, well, I, the focus uh, of my teaching is, is God's grace, His unconditional, all-inclusive love for everybody, that we're all recipients of the vicarious life of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension, that we're all seated with him objectively in the heavenly places. We've been reconciled. We've been forgiven. We've been healed and restored. That's the objective truth. Subjectively, for that to empower someone to to live the abundant life that they were created for, there really has to be an element of trusting in that truth. And so I share the truth that Jesus taught, that the Apostle Paul taught, that John taught in the scriptures, share the love of Jesus with them, share the good news with them, that they're included just because they're in addiction, just because they're living on the streets, just because they're not living a great life right now, that doesn't mean God doesn't love them. Uh, He loves them right where they are, and nothing they can do can change that. And so we consistently remind them that there's nothing they can do to make God love them anymore, and there's nothing they can do to make him love them any less. In fact, there's nothing they can do at all except simply trust the truth and trust the fact that they have been reconciled to God. And what I believe is that when a person actually starts to trust that and believe it to be true about themselves— and they believe and understand that God is a God of love and not a God God of anger and judgment, then they actually begin to go through transformation. Their lives change, behaviors change, 
supernaturally almost. You know, the more we focus on Jesus, the less we focus on our issues, the more we actually overcome our issues. And we're seeing that. We're seeing the fruit of that. So we're not, some people will jump on us and say, oh, well, you know, are you universalist? No, we're not saying you, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. No, it's all about Jesus. <laughs> so yeah. we want people to understand what Jesus has done for them. Because when you grab a hold of that, when it ignites your heart and you can make that heart, mm-hmm. brain, heart, mind connection, it changes everything. Yeah. And we see transformation happening every day in our worship and the ministry school and the Bible study. It's so evident that they're getting this message that it's, it's actually resonating with them, that Holy Spirit's vibrating in them. Their life is reflecting it, and they're just sharing the love, and, and it's wonderful. We're, we're seeing so much positive change, and that's one of the things or one of the reasons why so many people are being restored to family and things, and they're working, mm-hmm. and they're making a contribution, and it's just, it's just a thing of beauty, and they're ministering to us. They really are. We started ministering to them, but they're actually ministering to us. And it becomes addictive, doesn't it? Wanting to be there with them and help them. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, that's that's just so wonderful. It's such a special place, I know, from experience and and hearing about it. And I know as, as people uh, watch uh, this video, listen to this podcast, uh, uh, it's going to resonate with them too. And I hope that it'll uh, provide many more opportunities for people to help financially and to possibly come and serve from time to time or, uh, you know, whatever the Lord would, would lead them to do. Tell us where people, how they can see about The Refuge online. We have a page on Facebook called um, The Refuge of Clearwater. So you can go to that Facebook page and see photos and prior videos of worship and thing and, and messages and success stories and things like that. We actually had a, a local uh, news reporter do a couple stories on us. He interviewed a lot of the folks and there is a video from him, a personal video that he just did on his phone that's on our page. And, and he just talks about some of his interviews with the folks and some of the quotes that he got from them. So there's a lot of information there. And then the address there, if anyone wants the address, it's 606 Alden Avenue, A-L-D-E-N. And that's Clearwater, Florida. And the zip code is 33755. Great. I'm hoping that there'll be people around the country who hear this who go to the Tampa Bay area from time to time and they'll come over and visit and uh, see you guys and see what's going on there firsthand. We would love it. We'd love for them to come worship with us. I'll just say this, that it's probably going to be unlike any worship experience I've had at at a lot of the regular churches around. And breakfast is awesome. Earl does a fabulous job cooking breakfast. He's got hash browns, cheese, grits, sausage, eggs, you know, you name it. It's it's wonderful. And just to sit and talk with, with everybody and share life with them. It's wonderful. And I've actually got some really close friends out of it. And we stay in contact. We communicate outside of church. We get together outside sometimes. So it's really good. I know that you have. Well, 
Keith Stanton, my friend, thanks for being with us again, for telling us about the refuge in Clearwater, and for uh, giving us the privilege of partnering with you in in our new endeavor in Oneness in Action. And uh, we'll be putting up information and links and talking from time to time and getting little stories and things, updates about what's going on so people can keep abreast of everything there. And and again, I I encourage people to come and visit. And I want to say thank you, my friend, for being on Grace to All another time. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, the privilege is ours. It's a blessing that you've uh, included us in your partnership or asked us to be a partner. It's a true blessing. Just one of many that keep falling out of the sky. (laughs) They do. And we know that all good gifts come from above. So when they fall out of the sky, there's someone there releasing those. (laughs) Definitely a source. Definitely a source. And we all know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Keith. And thanks to everybody for listening to another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.